The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine featuring topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... Expanding an organization's communications across a variety of platforms. Welcome to ACB Reports for May 2021. The audio description project of the American Council of the Blind recognizes outstanding contributions to the field of audio description through the Audio Description Awards. Winners will be announced during the ACB Conference and Convention in July. Nominations for this year's awards will close on Sunday, May 23rd. To learn more about the award categories and how to submit nominations, visit acb.org slash 2021-ADP-awards-nominations. That's acb.org slash 2021-ADP-awards-nominations. Will Butler is the Vice President for Community at Be My Eyes. During the recent leadership seminar of the American Council of the Blind, he talked about the importance of communicating via a variety of methods and platforms. He was introduced by ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges. As many of you are probably aware, we've been a part of the Be My Eyes platform for almost a year now, and it has been wonderful to be able to provide that level of support to ACB members, but frankly, folks from around the blind community that are interfacing with Be My Eyes. Over the last roughly year or so, you all have noticed that we have needed to figure out and adapt to the virtual world and how to communicate, how to engage with the membership and the broader blind community. I invited Will to come and be with us today to talk a little bit about the importance of elevating one's voice over different platforms, doing it in different ways. Uh, The importance of video. Yes, many of us cannot see, but we're not the only audience that often visits the American Council of the Blind website or our social media platforms on Facebook, YouTube, Uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, and and other platforms. So the importance of video, what it means to those audiences, there's an enormous audience that is low vision, of which video is of great import. Will has a, a podcast that he does with Be My Eyes. He also has various side projects. And he's done a bunch of other things. And he's got some interesting perspectives as an individual who is blind, that is in communications and all about figuring out how to do outreach to our community. So with that, I am very pleased to introduce the Vice President for Community at Be My Eyes from Los Angeles, California, Will Butler. Thank you to the ACB. It's great to hear all the ambitions on display today and uh, all the exciting new projects that are underway. Eric, thank you so much for the introduction. And again, my name is Will Butler. My title is VP of Community at the Be My Eyes app. Be My Eyes is a wonderful uh, company and a mobile application. Um, If any of you don't have the app, please download it. It's a free sighted assistance app. Our team is based all around the world. 
So we have offices in Denmark and in California, as well as little outposts around the Midwest and um, all over the United States. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Be My Eyes, and I'm going to talk a little bit about where I came from and sort of how I'm viewing the media and communications landscape today, being that I used to work at the Lighthouse for the Blind in San Francisco, so I have some experience in the nonprofit realm. And then I also have a background in journalism, so I have gotten a peek into sort of what evolving media landscape is like. But first, I just want to yeah elaborate a bit more on what Eric was talking about, about ACB on Be My Eyes. For those that don't know, um, you know, many people have thought of Be My Eyes over the years, rightly so, as a volunteer community. Be My Eyes was founded six years ago on a very, very simple principle, which is that you should be able to overcome an accessibility barrier with a pair of eyes whenever you needed it, not have to wait for someone to show up at your house or for your family member to be available. Our founder, Hans, uh, in Denmark, came up with this idea. He himself is legally blind. He came up with this idea of, I should be able to push a button and have a pair of eyes at my disposal. You know, personally, our whole executive team believes that sight should be free and that it's not something you should have to pay for. And so we've worked very hard to make sure that the volunteer network is always available and always um, quick to answer. Our algorithms, you know, work behind the scenes when you push the button on the Be My Eyes app to reach a volunteer in just a matter of seconds. We serve 185 languages today. And across all of those 185 languages, our average connection time to a volunteer is less than 30 seconds. In English, you're going to find it, if you speak English, it's even less, like uh, most of the time in the single digits. So you're just waiting literally a few seconds for a pair of eyes. As opposed to 10, 20 years ago, when, when you needed a pair of eyes, it might take days, hours, weeks, months to have someone um, available to read you the things that you wanted read. That is what everyone you know, in our community is familiar with about Be My Eyes, about sort of the Be My Eyes story. Um, but the sort of next chapter that we're in now that folks aren't as familiar with is our investment in specialized help services. So a couple of years ago, we sat down with Microsoft and to address a, a problem, which was that we had users calling, calling uh, making Be My Eyes calls for Microsoft issues. And Microsoft had a help desk that wanted to help people with Be My Eyes issues. And Microsoft wasn't getting a chance to see how their products were working for blind and low vision people once they were out in the wild. Um, they could do user testing before things were released, but it was a totally different matter altogether to actually see um, what the real life issues were. So we asked Microsoft if they would like us to route calls into their call center, and that was the beginning of specialized help. So today you can call Microsoft 24 hours a day, seven days a week, directly from within the Be My Eyes app to make a Be My Eyes call and connect very quickly with someone who is trained to help you solve your problem. So from there, we, we quickly had kind of a chain of other companies join. Google joined shortly after Microsoft. And today we have a whole sort of hub on the Be My Eyes service of providers. I'll talk a little bit more later on about Be My Eyes and happy to answer any questions about Be My Eyes. But that's not exactly why we're here today. I wanted to talk about what ACB is doing on Be My Eyes because 
during the pandemic time when you know I was sitting back and watching all the doors closing of all of the great blindness organizations around the country. And I thought to myself, blindness organizations need to not lose that connection with the average consumer who can just walk in the door, walk up to the front desk and ask a question or um, give a call. And so we reached out to blindness organizations around the country and around the world, and we invited them to join the Be My Eyes platform at no charge. Um, this, is a, this is a service uh, that we're granting specifically to blindness organizations that have uh, a mission to serve the blind and low vision community. And what that allows is an official presence for any blindness organization in the Be My Eyes app, along with a video call button and a calling feature that allows you to be available to any Be My Eyes app user uh, during any hours of the day that you choose. So ACB, uh, about a year ago now, really embraced this initiative and joined the Be My Eyes service and now has a team of folks at the central ACB offices answering Be My Eyes calls uh, five hours a day now, five days a week, to answer any questions that any member may have just high level about ACB and about membership and about resources. And it's been an incredible way, not only for ACB just to have a profile and a brand presence in the community, but also to just increase that feeling of connectivity that consumers, that the end user, that the average blind person feels with ACB. Um, I I would love to chat a little bit about that later, but it's just one example of of how there are so many new channels now where you can connect directly with those you're trying to serve. So I want to just briefly go back and talk, give a little context about who I am and sort of where I came from. I, I, I did not grow up as a blind person. I didn't identify with even low vision, even though I was very much low vision as a, as a young kid. Um, I didn't identify with my struggles in classes. I didn't identify with the fact that I had trouble reading sheet music on the piano. Um, it wasn't until I was in my teen years that I actually started to lose vision uh, in a way that was substantial. But, um, but I didn't identify with it at all. And so I didn't know anyone who was blind. I wasn't familiar with anyone who was even identified as visually impaired. It was all uh, very foreign to me. And then when I was 19 and I became legally blind due to retinal detachment in my good eye at that point, my one good eye, I really had no footing underneath me. I really had no resources. My doctors didn't. Everyone is familiar with this story, right? Anyone who's listening to me talking right now knows what it feels like to walk out of a doctor's office and feel like you maybe didn't necessarily get what you needed, Um, but you don't know what you need, right? You know, even in those days, it was just uh, about 12 or 13 years ago now, even even in 2008 or 9, log on to the internet, it was a different internet than it is now. There were no blind influencers, certainly not. There were no blind, uh, you know, YouTubers with millions of followers, there weren't really even much in the way of podcasts about blindness, at least nothing that you could find if you weren't sort of an insider, if you didn't already have an in with the community. The only real online resources to speak of at that time to the average you know, layperson Googling around for issues about blindness was newsletters and newsletter archives. 
And, you know, newsletters are still an effective way of communicating, but it was only an absolute seed of what we have today. Today is a completely different landscape. I came into my own, you know, kind of experience of blindness. Took me four years to start using a cane. I had a lot of uh, interesting uh, situations in that period of time. I I uh, was stopped at border patrol because I looked suspicious. Uh, you know, um, I probably looked like I was intoxicated, or you know, and some and this sort of like it, there's just so many examples of how we behave when we're trying to fit in with others, when we're trying to hide our vision um, as a young person without a cane, without a dog, uh, I was absolutely just trying to fit in with the, the stereotype of what I thought a young, quote unquote, able-bodied person should look like. And so it was a struggle. It was really a um, challenge. And finally, when I picked up the cane in 2012, everything just cracked open. Everything changed. Suddenly, Things weren't so awkward at work anymore. Um, people didn't, people didn't, you know, side eye me and try to figure out what was wrong with me. Why was I walking so slowly in that one dark corner of the office? Why did I uh, reach out to the, you know, the, the over the tip jar at the cash register and drop the coins right onto the counter? Strange little things like that that had no explanation when I wasn't identifying myself as visually impaired. But then suddenly with the cane in my hand, everything fell into place. And my career took off as well. I started writing more. I had more confidence to go out in journalistic ventures and interview um, sources and um, be comfortable with the fact that I couldn't see everything. And I was pitching to major news outlets. And pretty soon I was writing for publications that you know the names of, like New York Times and New Yorker and Atlantic. And I was writing not just about blindness, but about um, technology and culture. It was really quite a, um, quite a wonderful time for, for a young you know, person coming into their own. And I attribute it very much to my willingness to embrace my blindness. But at the same time, it wasn't the whole picture. I still had so many parts of my life that I hadn't figured out yet. And without kind of a support community online that I could look to in the evenings when I got home, you know, from work and skim through, you know, information and resources and to joke around with other people who were going through what I was going through, it really, uh, it really wasn't a full picture, a full picture of community or of options of how to live my life. So... Around this time, I was lucky because I um, ran into the folks at the Lighthouse for the Blind in San Francisco, and I came to work there in 2015 during a big, big shift at the Lighthouse and a move to a new headquarters, and I spent three or four years there at the Lighthouse, and over the course of, I could give a whole talk about what I learned at, at the Lighthouse, but I, you know, to sum it all up, I really feel like I sort of went back to college in a lot of ways. Um, I had just gotten out of college, but I feel like I went back and I went to sort of um, to blind school in some sense. Uh, it was incredible all that I learned. Um, just about not so much about the, you know, how to um, 
you know, operate a piece of technology or how to, uh, you know, um, measure, you know, the right length of a cane, but more, more things about attitude and your bearing in the world and your place in the world and seeing, you know, coming to work with 75 or so different blind people every day and seeing the myriad diversity of approaches to blindness and how well some people behave like this and some people behave like this and you know what everybody's approach to blindness is valid and um and good and works for them and i i really can't emphasize enough how valuable it was for me to be exposed to that many different perspectives and so i think you know, fast forwarding a little bit today, where I run community and communications and social media and brand for Be My Eyes, which is this vast blindness community that spans 175 countries. I'm thinking about what is the universal way? What is the, the, the way to connect with a blind, a visually impaired, or an ally, a consumer, use, app user, Whoever it is, it's not limited simply to people who identify as blind or low vision. It could be anyone around them, anyone in their family, anyone on the periphery, um, or just simply someone who's an ally. Because let's not forget that of our 5 million you know, sighted app users, many of those people will also experience visual impairments. In fact, a higher percentage than even the number of users we have already. So it's it, it's really important that we're speaking to everyone when we speak about issues of blindness because it really truly does affect everyone. And even if you don't become blind, you're going to have someone in your life who is, and you're going to need to know how to treat them, how to respect them, how to give them autonomy, how to give them support. So I really can't emphasize enough how how important it is our communications are 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 vast and diverse and speak to everyone. But what is that thing, right? What is that, um, that universal way to communicate a message about blindness? And how do you do it at a mass scale when there's so many different ways to communicate? I mean, um, today there are more choices than ever when it comes to getting your message out there. A lot of people's minds first go to Facebook, right? And Facebook is really just the tip of the iceberg, um, in fact, I, I think Facebook probably represents only a small slice today of the communications that are happening in the community building that's happening on the internet. You know, just sort of speaking broadly, all of this applies equally to topics of blindness as it does to the mainstream community. But you have blind and visually impaired people now on TikTok. I don't know if anyone has ever explored TikTok as a social network. It's one of these brand new social networks that just came out the gate you know, in the last few years, very quickly rose to popularity. And you have dozens and dozens and dozens of blind and visually impaired people, many of whom are young people on this app, making videos on a daily basis and connecting with hundreds of thousands and millions of people. I'm not exaggerating here when I can tell you that a 22-year-old on TikTok can make one video and in a matter of hours, they can have reached more people than the ACB has reached over the course of that entire year or dozens of years. And I say that not to be sort of daunting because I do realize that like 
not every social media platform is right for every business. Personally, Be My Eyes doesn't even have a TikTok account, but it's important to understand how all of these different platforms and social networks are creating a constellation of communication and engagement around us so that we know what environment we're playing in. There's all these other platforms as well, and I'm not going to go into them today because it's a whole you know, dissertation, but there's forums like Reddit, Instagram, which is very much owned by Facebook. There's Twitter, of course, where many of you are familiar. There's chatter constantly going on. And then all these splinter social medias now that are popping up, things like Discord, which, believe it or not, is a hub for blind gamers. You have Clubhouse, which is the newest sort of audio-based social media, which just popped up just in the last year. I spent six hours on Clubhouse a couple of days ago talking to dozens and dozens of blind and visually impaired people about everything from what we think of blindness simulations all the way down to what's the right cane for a hiking trip. And so, like it or not, our community has splintered into a million separate parts. And all of these conversations are happening simultaneously. And there are rooms now, Zoom rooms, you know, all these things where um, people are talking. So you have two things going on here, which is that you have less control over the overarching narrative. But at the same time, you have a stronger word of mouth effect. So you have less control over the overarching narrative. You don't have the ability to press one button and send out a communication that's going to affect everyone. And yet, if you do something valuable, if you do something that makes a difference in people's lives, the word of mouth is going to spread hundreds of times faster than it ever did before. And that is regardless of what platform you're using to spread your message. Simultaneously with this, we have the rise of voice technology, which is a really interesting sort of curveball in here. And that's Alexa and podcasts and all these sorts of things. And that has an interesting effect, a level playing field effect as well, because we get to consume content the way that many people like to today. And we're very much a part of the mainstream. We have many apps bringing us in and making sure that their mainstream experiences are accessible. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing because it means that we can pull open the Kindle app or we can pull open the Audible app, whatever it might be, and interact due to the wonderful work of ACB and others. We have um, streaming entertainment platforms, adding audio description. Blind folks are allowed to participate in the mainstream in a way that they weren't before. So I really want to emphasize that the role of, you know, an organization, I think, like ACB, when it comes to putting out a podcast or just posting something on Facebook or trying a new media format is really to sit back and think, what value can I add to someone's life? What can I say that's going to affect that 19-year-old in Iowa who just is experiencing a vision impairment for the first time? We're looking to create community here. And community is created through trust, which comes through vulnerability and honesty, right? And everyone now has a high-quality microphone and a high-quality camera in their pocket. So it's not about production value anymore. It's not about being polished or shiny or high-end. It's about taking out your phone, hitting record, and sharing something that's honest and authentic and real with people that you maybe struggled with once in your life that's going to help people. 
And that is what is going to activate that word of mouth effect that's going to spread your message far and wide. And that's the thing that's going to strengthen communities for the long term. Thank you, Will. This is Dan Spoon, ACB president. Where do you see communications going here in the next five years? It feels to me like the days of the pre-canned broadcast and people just listening as opposed to interacting, that's the past and the future is live and engagement. Well, a few things. I think, first of all, very much live. You said the word live. That's going to be important. Um, People aren't going to be spending lots of time pre-recording things and releasing them. They may be archived as podcasts after the fact, but a lot is going to happen live. So invest in people who are good talkers. Invest in people who are dynamic and, and passionate. The other thing that's happening is it's a move toward the sort of personal brand, for lack of a better term, the move toward a focus on the individual. So on these social networks where people are talking with each other, it's going to be about personalities. An agency or an organization's communications are going to be reflected through personalities. And I really think that investing in people and personalities is going to be of a huge benefit to any organization that's trying to get the word out. The final thing I think is that it's not super important which platform you choose to post your things on. It's much more about thinking critically about the content that you're putting out and thinking, how is this helping? Really keeping that, having that individual in your mind's eye of who you're trying to help when you're putting out your content, making sure it's authentic and vulnerable. To me, that is where this is all going. I think podcasts are also, I don't want to take away from podcasts because I think I should say, you know, we launched one podcast to Be My Eyes. We were very happy with it. So we launched a second and this week I'm going to launch a third. So we're investing heavily in podcasts. In fact, to sort of plug it, this new thing we're working on is totally about humor. It's called Say My Meme. And it's going to be completely about describing memes for people who are blind or low vision. Because memes, you know, these little funny cartoons that are on the internet are really actually a cultural zeitgeist now. And they're a way that people communicate, but they're entirely visual. And so a podcast that might be sort of a funny, casual, inoffensive thing might actually be the deepest, most meaningful way that a potential member connects with your organization. That was Will Butler. Vice President for Community at Be My Eyes, speaking during the ACB Leadership Seminar in February. The goal of Be My Eyes is to make the world more accessible to people who are blind or have a low level of vision. Learn more at BeMyEyes.com. The Federal Communications Commission is seeking comments on the TBS petition for limited waiver of the requirement to provide 87 and a half hours of audio-described programming per calendar quarter. Warner Media is requesting this waiver for TBS because the audio description rerun rule does not adequately count the full quantity of audio description aired by TBS. ACB encourages all interested parties to file comments in support of the TBS waiver request. Comments are due by June 1st. For instructions on how to submit comments and to learn more details about the waiver, visit acb.org slash FCC dash comments dash TBS dash ad dash waiver. That's acb.org slash FCC dash comments dash TBS dash AD dash WAIVER. 
You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports. ¶¶